This is the Lover and the Fighter podcast with Josh Cohen and Dean Thomas. Indeed, it is the Lover and the Fighter podcast with me and he and Baby Makes Three. Uh, Dean Thomas, you would be the fighter in this scenario. I would be the lover, as in Brother Love. And you are already in Vegas for UFC 269. I'm on my way there tonight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm already here. And I got to tell you, freezing your ass off. have just dropped. You are. Because like, I was keeping my window open to get a little cool air. And I can't even do that now. Bro, I tried to tell you. freezing. I warned you all week. It's going to be in the 50s, then the 40s, then the 30s. It's like a slow dude running back a pick six or like a fumble recovery from the 50s to the 40s to the 30s. And then uh, literally by Saturday night fight night, we're looking at like 30 degrees when you exit T-Mobile Arena. Oh, man, this is going to be bad for me. Uh, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. You're not a cold weather guy. You're not a no, cold I'm weather not. guy. Yeah. Nope. No. <laughs> All right. Well, he's out there already. I'll join later tonight. And, of course, UFC 269, the main event of the weekend and the main and co-main events of that card, certainly of interest to us, we'll come back. Right now, it is the drama between DC and DC. Dominic Cruz and Daniel Cormier. Yesterday, in the media conference, not the press conference, but the private one with media and just the fighters, Dominic Cruz was asked about what it's like when he has his friends and cohorts in broadcast, his co-analysts, calling his fights, um, if that is unusual for him. And as you know by now, Dominic Cruz set the world on fire by saying, uh, DC, I just, I mute him. I don't listen to him. And then he explained that DC just, he feels sometimes comes in to get the money and then get out of there. Your thoughts immediately on Dominic Cruz and his thoughts expressed out loud um, that didn't necessarily need to be. Yeah, man, I, he totally violated the bro code. There's certain things that you just don't do, and that's one of them. You don't out your friends like that, even if you feel that way. And, yeah, I thought he was totally out of line, man. He should have never threw DC under the bus like Really? That. That's foul. Of course, yeah. So Dominic Cruz isn't entitled to his opinion, or it's not the time or the place for it? It's not the time or the place for it. Like, if he has an opinion about DC like that, you know, tell him. But don't, you know, put him, throw him under the bus like that. Like, this is your homeboy. Would it be more appropriate if it happened during the telecast? If during the broadcast, because I've watched football games and I've seen, you know, analysts, or I've heard analysts say, well, you would know about this if you came to the production meetings, but you don't. Yeah, like if he had said it like in his face, like right then and there, I would have been like, oh, yeah, that, that might have been different. But to like kind of throw him under the bus when he wasn't there was just out of line. To me, it violated your homeboy's code. All right, so Dominic Cruz is entitled to his opinion. Um, it just seems like an unusual place to do that. You know what I'm saying? It seems like an unusual spot when you're being asked an innocent enough question. By the way, the guy who asked the question, I know him. And he's a harmless cat. He's a super nice cat. He's one of the three members in all of uh, UFC media that's actually nice to me. He, he, he's one. Luke Thomas is another. And then uh, this other cat, I forget his name. But but <laughs> there's three dudes yeah. and you forgot one of them's name? Well, actually two of them. I forget two of their names. Oh, but Luke's easy to remember because he's Luke. He looks like Luke. He sounds like Luke. He's Luke. But yeah. this cat here, harmless enough. I don't think he was expecting that. I don't think anyone was expecting And that's why there was a laugh initially. But you'll notice that laugh actually went away. We have the sound of it, as a matter of fact. We actually have the sound. And, uh, okay, the producer's looking at me like, don't even call on it, because apparently now's not a good time for that. But, but I want you to hear, if it's possible. If it's not possible, that's okay. But it, it is possible. So I want you to hear, when Dominic Cruz starts to answer the question, Dean Thomas, you're going to hear um, the media kind of chuckle. But then you'll hear that Dominic doubles down doesn't attempt to you know backtrack doesn't attempt to soften it 
doesn't do what we heard Sean McVay do the other day, the Buffalo Bills head coach, when he said, Bill Belichick, let's not give more credit than he deserves. Um, take a listen. when No, not yet. Take a listen when we get a chance. And hear Dominic Cruz kind of laugh and say, I put him on mute. And then the media laughs, and then he goes in on it. You're telling me that that's not the time and place. I would agree with that. But you think that he violated bro code? It's not like he shared a secret. It's not like he was told something off the air that then he exposed, you know, uh, publicly to the entire world. Well, let, let's listen to it. Okay, let's listen to and it. Then I, and, I share, and I'll share that. I'll tell you how. All right, well, see, I was, I was trying to hope that you were going to, you know, kill some time because producer was calling it up and we weren't ready yet. But your timing was immaculate. Oh. <laughs> your, t- your timing actually was impeccable and immaculate. This is Dominic Cruz, uh, his answer. This is just his answer uh, to the media question uh, in regards to what it's like when his friends call his fights. Um, you've been a guy who, obviously, you're one of the analysts on the broadcast. I'm wondering, what's the experience like for you when you listen to DC and the guys actually commentate your fight? Like, knowing them personally and knowing, you know, how the sausage is made, so to speak. Well, Anik, to me, does... Uh, I watch Anik do so much homework leading up to a fight. Like, it's... People have no idea how much homework he has to do to be prepared for that. And the most kudos for me really goes to him. He leads us in the broadcast with how he talks. When it comes to DC, you know, I, I usually mute it. I, I like, I love DC, he's my friend, but to me, from my experience, he doesn't do the homework. He, he wants to get in and out, get the job done, make his money. And I think he cares about us. But it's just different. He doesn't do the preparation from my experience. He might now. I'm hoping he watches some film this time on me so that he knows what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. But I'm not going to hold my breath on that. That's for sure. All right. So there is, in his words, how he said what he said. Um, it is interesting, Dean, that you know he could have just said with DC, I put him on mute. Or sometimes I don't think he does his homework. But then he really goes in about sometimes I think he just shows up and then tries to get that money and then just wants to get out of there. How much of this is weight cut? How much of this is just venting frustration? How much of this are things that are, you know, maybe pent up where, um, you know, frustrations and or not speaking out previously leads up to this and there's resentment? Well, no, it's 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 because. He's offended. DC may have said something about his style because Dominic Cruz has a very different style. And DC is speaking from his experience as a fighter, which is very different from Dominic Cruz as a fighter. So he has a different type of style. So for him to be like, oh, well, you know, he doesn't watch film on me, so he doesn't know what I'm doing. That's he may be he could be right about that. But that got nothing to do with like DC to him throwing him under the bus and he just comes in for a paycheck because that's totally wrong because I've worked with DC and DC is great at his job. And John Anik does all the preparation because that's his role. He has to know all those things. Right. DC did all his preparation when he won the when he went to the Olympics or when he was when he wrestled when he won two uh, when he won championships in the UFC. That was DC's preparation for the job that he's in now. He don't have to go back and watch all the film just to do all that stuff. Even though he might, I'm not saying he doesn't, but for. Dominic Cruz to express his frustration about DC and then throw him under the bus and be like, well, he just comes in for a paycheck was wrong. Is any, again, is any of that from the way cut? Is any of that from frustration? Is any of that resentment from previously that carries over into this spot where it's like, oh, I'm just going to tell you I feel No, I think, I think it was probably because he said something about Dominic Cruz in a, in a previous fight. Mm-hmm. Dominic was like, no, well, you don't know what I'm doing because I fight a different style, gotcha. which is probably true because heavyweights and, and bantamweights fight totally different. 
What's interesting is that when Cormier and Cruz got together uh, later yesterday and they sat down, Cormier was kind of going around it and kind of, I don't want to say sugarcoating it, but he's like, I'm here with my guy and this and that, whatever. And, and, and Dominic Cruz's nonverbals are like, let's get to this. Uh, let's just go ahead and just, just cut out the nonsense, the bullshit. Let's get right at it. And then his verbals are like, let's just cut it out. Let's get right to it. So everything was in line with Cruz just being like, dude, let's, let's, let's go at it. Let's go ahead. Let's have the conversation. Um, so, you know, some of that was Cormier admitting that, yeah, I used to pay a researcher to uh, write my notes for me. And, you know, and then Dominic's like, well, I know you said recently that you stopped doing that to save money and also learn it for yourself. And he goes, yeah. So, you know, it's like a case of Cormier saying, bro, you knew this stuff, some of this that I took shortcuts or, you know, path of less resistance, but it wasn't your place to share that to the media. That wasn't your place you know, that, that it's a private conversation, I guess, is what D.C. said, that that's what was being violated, uh, violated was the privacy between the two of them just talking with the cameras not on. Oh, yeah. And I think that's foul. You know, like if you do something in order, like for the job, like you put that out there for the world and not only the world, but now your bosses are here. And like if you're taking shortcuts, that's not cool. You're not supposed to do that. All right. Let's move on to the fight card itself. UFC 269 live on pay-per-view from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. You and I will actually be out there as guests of Celsius, which is, of course, behind both Amanda Nunez and Dustin Poirier. They are athletes of. They are living fit. They are fueled by Celsius. So you and I will be out there. You'll be coaching the first fight of the night, as a matter of fact, and then you go put on your fancy clothes. Your fighter, Jillian Savage Robertson, is the uh, is is the is a three hundred minus three hundred favorite. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the entire time that you've worked with her, um, at least for these fights in the UFC, has she ever been this large of a favorite? I don't think so. I don't think they've ever really. I'm sorry, minus three eighty. Much credit, Dino. Minus yeah, three eighty. Is it is it minus three eighty? Minus three eighty. I, I mean. Honestly, I can see that because in my head, like, that's where the line should be about. And I'm not just saying that because it's my fighter. Wow. Because, you, Josh, as you know, I'm always very honest. Yep. But I think she should be a minus 380 in this fight. I mean, to me, I don't really see this as that difficult of a challenge stylistically for her. Don't give away too much because tens of people listen to this podcast. But um, in advance, uh, we know Jillian loves to get that submission. She leads the division all time, and she's close on the all-time women's record as well. Is is that a point of focus for her in this fight? Or if you guys discuss, look, let's just get this win and get out of here. Yeah, let's just get this win and get out of here. Okay, it's not giving away strategy, yeah. so I understand. Nah, you. we just want to get the win and get out of here. I mean, it's a, you know, she's coming off of a loss, it's important that she gets the win. So, you know, she's trying to stay focused and just get the win. Dean Thomas, you will not be on the broadcast. You will not be uh, part of the, uh, the coach's corner this time, correct? No, no, I'm not. And I, I told them I would, yep. but they decided to go a different direction. That's okay. We'll be up in the Celsius suite. We'll be eating, and I'll be drinking, and you'll be eating some more. Um, you know the women's side of the UFC probably better than anyone um, as far as scouting and seeing what's what and who's who. So Miranda Maverick, who you are intimately uh, familiar with because of Jillian Robertson, and Aaron Blatchfield, uh, this is three fights later, four fights later into the card. That's match 11 of the night, so it's four later in. Miranda Maverick is someone that you've watched closely. Yeah, I've watched I watched her a lot, and then we trained with her right uh, afterwards. And she's a, she's talented, she's strong, but she, her mindset is what separates her from other girls. I think is she's very independent in the way she thinks, and she's very self reliant. Does she go out there? And I don't even think she would even have a corner. She can go out there and fight whoever. So. Um, 
I expect her to do well because I think that she has a very sharp mind for fighting. Miranda Maverick, great name, uh, built-in nickname, 11-3 and three in her career. She's a minus-135 favorite over Blanchfield. All right, let's move on into the prelims where we find the aforementioned Dominic Cruz and Pedro Munoz. Uh, this is Munoz minus-115, basically a coin flip of a fight. Uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley talking smack, saying, bro, you're not even on the main card, Dominic Cruz. You're down there in the prelims. You missed the boat on this. Um, we, you and I both know that both these fighters are capable. And, and and certainly this is one that could go either way. The odds indicate as such. Do you see an advantage, a lean one way or the other? I'm kind of leaning towards Munoz, actually. I think Munoz has got the grappling ability to handle Dominic Cruz on the ground. He's he's going to be solid on his feet. I'm leaning towards Munoz. He's got more power than Dominic Cruz. Yeah, and i got to be honest with you. Um, the stuff this week, you know, from the media conference, that's got to be a little bit of a distraction. And there's got to be some kind of bad vibes, some bad juju in the building and or in and around, you know, UFC and, you know, the Zufa people and the ESPN people, that might be enough to maybe take Dominic a little bit off his tracks because why is he even going there? Why is he even focused on that during that media conference? That's what's troubling to me. So I'll go with you with Pedro Munoz. All right, let's move on into that card. The main card, that is. And uh, let's look at uh, No Love, Cody Galbrandt and Kai Karar France. This is Cody Garbrandt returning as a minus 140 favorite. This is another one of those kind of coin flippy uh, lines in there in Las Vegas. What do you like? What do you see here? I don't like Cody Garbrandt's one of four in his last five fights. I don't like the idea of him trying to go down in weight class to see if he can find a better answer there. I don't like him in this fight. I'm going with, uh, with France. All right. What about uh, now into the co-main event of the evening? Speaking of familiarity... Amanda Nunez looking to defend that belt. You, of course, her coach corner when she won that belt in 2016. She's a minus 800 favorite over Juliana Pena. This, of course, is a redo. This fight scrapped from September International Fight Week because of COVID issue. Uh, Pena doing embedded this week with camera crew. She's training in full makeup. It, that, that to me was interesting, Dean Thomas. Tell me that's not a little bit unusual. That is unusual. I mean, she's well, she's certainly enjoying the spotlight. Um, it's. I don't think it's going to bode out well for her because of all the trash she's talked. And Amanda Nunez has traditionally destroyed the girls that have talked trash about her. So I don't think it really bodes out well for her. Yeah, probably not. She is a plus 550 underdog at the moment. Amanda minus 800. Speaking of that aforementioned, that's the third time I've used that word today, uh, episode of Embedded. Amanda and Nina arriving with Reagan um, talking about how Reagan was not so great on the first flight, but better on the second flight. I think a flight is what uh, I think Nina said. Why are they having connecting flights? This is the champion of the world and the GOAT. Why do they have connecting flights to get from Fort Lauderdale to Las Vegas when the rest of us just fly direct, Dean Thomas? What's going on? Well, I'm telling you, they are very simple people. Yes. In fact, like you would think, you know, when you when you look at the other embedded, Kamar Usman, these guys are taking private flights, private jets. They are now. These guys are taking, yeah, these, Amanda and Nina are taking connecting flights. They're connecting from Fort Lauderdale to Charlotte to Chicago <laughs> to Vegas. <laughs> For $79. Uh, yeah, you, like they're very simple people. You talk about Kamar Usman flying private. If I had a dime for every time Kamar Usman was on my Southwestern flight, my Southwest flight from Fort Lauderdale to Vegas, I'd have 30 cents because it happened three times. But each time he refused to pay the 15 bucks for the early bird. So he'd be boarding in like the final group where it was just middle seats in the back of the plane. And he would come walking through. It was there. There's Kamar Usman. But then, of course, he beat Tyron and then the whole world changed.
the whole world. Indeed it is. Speaking of Amanda and Nina and Reagan Nunez, uh, your latest episode of Dean Diaries uh, via the UFC channels on the uh, on the app and, of course, on the YouTube, that is available now. That's you visiting them. Yeah, and they want me to come back because they said now uh, Reagan can eat some uh, fried chicken. So I'm going to head back and I'll make them some more chicken. Oh, hell yeah. Quickly to the main event of the evening, Charles Oliveira, Dustin Poirier. This is one of those fights where you got to find a narrative because there is no villain in this story. These are a couple of good guys that are respected and respectful. They both have tremendous backstory, and they're both tremendous competitors. So if you're looking for the good guy versus bad guy, can't find one here. But what we got a storyline is a dude who thinks, now it's finally my time to do this, and a guy that says, hold up, not so fast, I just got this. What do you see here, Dean Thomas? Yeah, I, I think this is Dustin's time because I don't think he has much time left. You know, his goal in starting MMA was to be the world champion, to be the best in the world at something. He tasted that a little bit with the interim title, but that wasn't satisfying enough. But this is his opportunity to, to become the best in the world. I see him winning this fight. I think he's going to stop Oliveira wow. and go ahead and become the best in the world. And remember, Dustin wouldn't be in this position, you claimed, if not for me. Because according to you, I just I ruined Conor McGregor's confidence, um, and as a result, that's why he broke his leg, lost that fight. According like, to you, you're the only person that believes this. You're the only one on the planet. It's true, but that's your it's stupid true. theory. It's the it's the butterfly effect, and you have that effect on the entire world. Look at Even that. Even things that happened in the past, I'm not sure how that works out, but you do. <laughs> the space time continuum. Yeah. All right, I'm with you on Poirier as well. Um, so that'll be a wrap for this episode. We, we're doing good now. We've done two in seven days' time, bro. I like it. Let's do another one next week, too. That's exactly what we'll do. For Dean Thomas, Josh Cohen saying thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Lover and the Fighter podcast. So long, everybody.